actually, but that's not the reason that she told me to say that. The reason she told me to say that was because she said it's important not to play the role of the victim. Because if you get sucked into playing the role of the victim, you could be down for the count for God knows how many years. So from that was what she was most interested in, is for me building myself up again for me to move on. Welcome to the Heavy Pages podcast, a guiding light for women facing the paralyzing challenges of an unwanted separation. If you're feeling frozen by the weight of heartbreak or the uncertainty of a crumbling relationship, you're not alone. I'm Josie, your host and a separation survival specialist because I've been where you are, overwhelmed, emotionally stuck, and unsure of what lies ahead. But here's the truth. Healing and empowerment are within your reach. Together, we'll shatter the chains of paralysis, embrace this journey, and pave the way to your new future. So it's time to step forward, find your strength, and rewrite your story. Because the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone. Now, before we start today's episode, please consider taking a moment to click that subscribe button. And with that, here we go. Hello, and a warm welcome to today's chapter checkup session, where we will be hearing from another courageous woman as she shares her transformative journey from devastated to divorce, and we'll be using the five chapters of my program as the guide. If you're curious about these chapters and how they align with your personal journey, don't forget to visit heavypagespodcast.com for your free chapter checklist. And with that, here's today's interview. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest. This is Barb. And I met Barb this past January at um, PodFest. It was really fun to meet her. We got along well. And she is also a fellow divorced person and so perfect guest to have on our episode. And she's also a fellow podcaster and has her own podcast called Unhinged Clarity. She's a co-host. And she'll be telling us more about that um, later in the episode. But without further ado, hello, Barb. How are you? I am great. And it's wonderful to be here. And it was so nice to meet you at PodFest, Josie. It was my first PodFest. So it was just an explosion of amazing people that I met. That's how I feel. Um, So I am thrilled to be here, thrilled to talk about divorce, because believe it or not, it actually is an awesome topic because uh, it's like the sunshine (laughs) at the end of the... (laughs) Cloudy day. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. People, you know, when you're in it, you don't think it's good. But when you're out of it, you're like, wow, this is like the best thing that ever happened to me. So. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Because you discover who you are uh, in the process of being in a marriage that's not right for you. I feel like you lose yourself in a way that you can't appreciate until you're on the other side of things. <laughs> Absolutely. You're right. So let's start with talk to me about your ex, as in how did you guys meet? We actually met at a bar and I was there with a girlfriend. He was there with a guy friend of his. I saw him from across the room in a packed bar and I gave him two little looks and a little smile and he made a beeline straight towards me. (laughs) And I mean, it was one of those whirlwind things, which I have to say uh, where I stand today, I really see that as a red flag, the whole whirlwind thing, but Hey, whatever. It brought me seven years of marriage and five of those, which were good. 
I guess. <laughs> and then okay. uh, two awesome kids. Um, but let's see. Oh, yeah, it was a total whirlwind thing. So we met and we spent every day together after meeting. And then a week after meeting, we went for a long weekend to Puerto Rico. And while we were walking on the beach together, he called a friend of his and he goes, he said to his friend, you're not going to believe this, but I'm going to get married again. (laughs) (laughs) So we hadn't directly spoken about it, but like we knew we did the how I love you thing within three days. It was total whirlwind. Well, since you mentioned that he called a friend to say he's going to get married again, that means that he had been married. And how many times had he been married? Good catch. Good catch, Josie. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, he was married once before and they were divorced only, I don't know, a couple of months before after we met before we met. And he uh, started dating somebody right away after we were divorced and within under a year of, of dating the second person he was married. So now he's been married three times. Wow. Okay. He's on his second marriage. <laughs> Goodness. Okay. <laughs> and the what what's the give me the whirlwind time frame. You met, how long did you date or boyfriend, girlfriend until you actually got married? Okay, so this is actually a very cute story. So we met on December first. We moved in together on March 1st, so like, what, four months later? Um, His birthday is April 1st. Yep, he's an April Fool's baby. I should have known right away that shit wasn't working out. (laughs) Then, um, let's see, he proposed on July 1st, so it was about nine months later he proposed. We got married on May 1st of the following year, so it was about a year and a half later that we were married. And we had our first kid on June 1st. Oh my goodness. So I was always on high alert. Come the first, I'm on high alert. <laughs> That's funny. We did not get divorced on a first, though. <laughs> I don't remember the day we got divorced. I remember it was someday in February, I recall. But isn't that weird? I don't really know. And I did even have a liberation celebration a year after. So at some point I knew the date, but now I'm like, whatever. It's insignificant. Oh, you did have the celebration. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, oh, yeah. I don't remember my date either. I think it's end of... January, early February, but I don't remember either, which, you know, I guess it's just not something you really want to remember. No. So it actually doesn't, I I get that you probably fell in love fast and moved fast, but you actually took your time to, um, you know, you took your time to to get to the married part. That's, that was quite a bit of time, it seems. So you actually, from meeting to marriage was like a year and a half. Yeah. It was about a year and a half, two years, something like that. Yeah. Pretty good. I would say. I think. Yeah, I can see where you, maybe you like fell hard and fast, and that's totally. where you already vacationing and you know, and moving in four months later. Also, not so bad for you know. It, it could have been faster. I mean, true, you know, true. Yeah. In in my situation, it was a little bit faster than that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I love your podcasts. I've listened to so many episodes, and they're so informative and so much fun. They're really entertaining on top of informative, which is I mean, helpful. you got to laugh at yourself because some of these I'm like, I cringe, but I'm like, I hope you guys are enjoying them because I'm over here like, oh, my God, how embarrassing. Uh, listen, Josie, they're completely relatable. That's what makes so, them funny, too. Thank you. That's, I appreciate that. It's good to know for sure. It helps. But um, OK, so then you were married for, you said, seven years, seven years. 
years. How long after you, well, you separated and then divorced. How long after the separation did you get divorced? Three freaking months, baby. <laughs> we did good. not play. There was one lawyer and the lawyer was representing me and my dad did all the negotiating. So sometimes my ex would say, um, Barb, I sent an email to the lawyer with a question and she didn't answer me. And I said, don't worry, honey, don't worry, don't worry. Just ask me and I'll ask her because technically she's representing me. And then my friends would ask, so did you pay for the attorney? I said, hell no, we split it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so great. Well, I mean, if they're gonna, if they're willing to be so hands off, then you're, you know, hello. Uh, there's so a convenience we- fee. <laughs> Yeah, well, it saves us all money if we only have one lawyer. So we also had to split a real estate business, child custody of two kids, and a house that we own together. So bam, bam, bam. We accomplished all three things in three months. Thanks to my dad, really. Well, that's very, very impressive. So I'm going to go back, and we're going to talk in relation to um, the From Devastated to Divorce series. We're going to touch on those five chapters. So first, the first chapter is, blissfully unaware or subconsciously aware do you feel which one do you feel that you fell in in your relationship did you were you subconsciously unaware that there were issues or did you know it but you pushed it back or did you were you neither of those and you're like I know what's going on I'm going to speak up about it and were you the one that instigated the separation or not I was both okay so I feel like the relationship had been kind of dead for two years but I did not see it at the time. That's why I'm saying I was blissfully unaware. And it took me towards the end of those two years when I realized that, nope, this was not normal. I remember in the beginning of those two years, I had asked a friend of mine, I said, is is it supposed to be like this? Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I have more friends, I have more fun hanging out with my friends. And I feel like there's, there's kind of a deeper relationship there than there is with, with, the guy I'm married to. And she said, well, you know, you are having your second kid. He's, you know, your second baby. Just don't worry about that now. (laughs) Like (laughs) just, um, just hang out with your friends and be happy and (laughs) carry on. Suck it up. Suck it up, buttercup. So, um, when I realized that maybe things were not the way they were supposed to be, I gave myself literally two weeks to think about it. If this is really what I wanted. And, I also realized things that you and I have discussed in the past, which is that there were certain aspects of our finances and bank accounts and money that I really was unaware of. So I did make sure that I combed through all that before I brought up anything to him. And then I just merely told him, I want to get a divorce. And he said, are you sure? Do you think we should get counseling? And I said, nope, we tried that already. I think we should just get a divorce. And I also found out in Florida State, there's no such thing as a legal separation. So I didn't want to be at this point, I did not want to be attached to this person any longer than I had to. And there was a certain acting out that happened at the end, but I, I'm not really going to get into it because I think it doesn't really matter in the sense that the way my mother said, and I believe this to be true for me is that either person could have acted out. It just ended up being him and not me. So I don't, I don't hold any animosity towards him for that. So you mentioned that you had tried therapy before. Was that was that when there was like a, a, a low point in your relationship or like a maintenance thing or, or what, what, what was the reason that you decided to do that at that previous time? Um, it was about two years before the divorce and it was a low point. 
So, you know, when you have a second kid, when you have any baby, it takes attention away from the marriage. And uh, sadly, that can bring about low points. <laughs> so sure. did he have any other kids? Is, was this, were these his first children too, or did he have children from previous marriages? Um, he did not have any kids. And okay. he told me in that first whirlwind week that one of the reasons that him and his ex before me decided to get divorced was because she wanted to have kids and he didn't. So I'm like, wait, back up, honey. Uh -huh. I do want to have kids and I need to know that you want to have kids. So we had this discussion in the first few days of knowing each other. And he said, yes. So when it's right, it's right. And when it's not, it's not, I guess. Sure. So, so during your marriage, I mean, obviously you love your kids no matter what, but did he, was he like, yeah, cool. This fatherhood, Hey, this is really, this is what I felt I wanted. Or did they, you know, was there anything like, Oh, this isn't what I wanted, but I wanted you. And so I'm doing this, you know, that no. kind of, Good, I don't good. think I don't think it was that at all. I think okay. it was just that a part of him knew that he didn't want to be with that first wife. I think right. it was more a matter of that. And that okay. is the reason why he didn't want to procreate with her. Right. Well, smart, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. So then with me, I guess he was more sure about things. Maybe it was also he was a little older. It's hard to tell, but it had nothing to do with actually being a father because he's a great dad and he loves his kids and he's been you know, overall really quite great. That's excellent to, to know because that's important. You know, there's always some good sides and that's good. Now let's talk about chapter two, which would be blindsided and devastated, which I'm going to assume you didn't really have to deal with too much because you made the decision about the separation. Nope, not really. <laughs> I mean, it's still, it's still, it's not blindsided, but it's still devastating in some aspects of it really are. Because for me, it's, you're disrupting the family unit. Uh, you have to re you're reinventing yourself in some way. Um, this was not, nobody plans divorce. You, right. you planned your life to go a different way. Even the thought of dating again, just to me seemed in some ways like repulsive. <laughs> you know, I thought I was done with that. So, <laughs> so that makes sense. And so we're going to move to chapter three, which is better, stronger, loved you. Did you feel like you had good self-esteem before you met him? Did you feel like you continued to have good self-esteem during the relationship? Do you think that any of that kind of affected you in any way? Well, there were ways I had good self-esteem before meeting him. And mm -hmm. during the relationship, there were many ways, quite frankly, that he was very good at making me feel great. I'll give you one example that just comes to mind. Okay. When I was, I put on 60 pounds every single time I had a kid, both kids. Wow. He made me feel like I was a goddess, even when I was 220 pounds. <laughs> okay. So he was good at that. Um, I don't know. I, I guess when the, when the marriage ends, though, I don't know why I had this feeling because it, it really doesn't make any sense, especially from where probably from where you and I are both sitting now in this point in our lives, I felt like a failure and I was embarrassed to tell people that I was divorced. First of mm -hmm. all, I felt like I was the only one. I remember in my son's kindergarten class, I was the only one. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, seriously, how can I be the only divorced mom in here? This is insane, <laughs> but I really mm -hmm. actually was. So mm -hmm. I felt, I felt like a little bit like a loser and like I had mm -hmm. failed somehow. So that's an interesting aspect because it's like 
you weren't feeling low self-esteem or low self-worth in the relationship so much, but having to break it off kind of made you feel self-conscious, made you feel, gave you that hit. You, you took a hit because of that in a way. That's different. <laughs> that's an interesting dynamic. Yes. Yeah, it absolutely is. But um, what did you do to self-talk or therapy or oh, yes. self-help books to, to, to make you realize I had the right to do this for myself? You know, it wasn't the end and I didn't destroy my children's lives. They're not going to be, you know, ruined forever because mom and dad are separated, divorced, that kind of stuff. Therapy, check, check. Absolutely. Ran straight towards that. Uh, Self-help books, check, 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 check. Absolutely. The one that, well, what I really focused on was two things. One thing my mom told me and she was spot on. She said, you need to not figure out what part you played in it, but sort of you, because from, from the, from the point of view of being stronger for the next relationship, because there are things that you could do differently. And it's not, it's not from the perspective that I would want to save the relationship that I was in the marriage I was in, but for the next one, just to see how things could be done in a different way. Actually, but that's not the reason that she told me to say that. The reason she told me to say that was because she said it's important not to play the role of the victim. Because right. if you get sucked into playing the role of the victim, you could be down for the count for God knows how many years. So from right. that was what she was most interested in, is for right. me building myself up again for me to move on. So I think regarding the kids, I was never a believer that you should stay together for the kids. I think that that is a terrible idea. Everybody has their own opinion, what works for their family. But every single kid that I've talked to whose, whose parents have gotten divorced to when they were adults has said, I just wish my parents had gotten divorced a long time ago. So I've always been over the camp. I think it's better that kids have great role models like I had. I had the best role models in the world. My parents were madly in love. They were devoted partners. They, I mean, they were best friends, you name it. They were perfect for each other. So I would rather my kids see me with somebody like that so that they can mimic that and bring that kind of happiness into their future marriages. And with that said, I'm very happy that my ex did remarry after me because he showed them now a different element of marriage. And the way that I've sold it, sold it to my kids is now you have more people that love you. Now they have right. a stepmom, they have another grandmother, they have another grandfather, they even have two furry sisters, two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just more people coming in to love you. So right. yes, ideally, yeah, if mommy and daddy love each other madly and can stay together, obviously, that's that would be my number one choice. But okay. if you don't have that, I think it's better that they see love and in, in different ways. I agree with that a hundred percent. It's in, it's, you know, you have a, um, a, well, we haven't really discussed it on here, but you have the opportunity to have a decent relationship with your ex. You know, you guys can co-parent pretty well. Nothing's perfect, but you no. can. So that, that also helps, but it goes back to what you were saying that your mother said, it is important that you do, uh, a, an audit that you analyze yourself because it does take two in every situation. You, you know, I was not perfect. I definitely know that for sure. There were things I could have done better. There were things that I learned that I was doing that was hurting my relationship. And I made sure to 
change my patterns so that that didn't happen in a future relationship. You have to, you have to do that regardless. I mean, you don't, you, you should, everybody should, not everybody does. And like you said, when you don't, then you're doomed to repeat that again in the next relationship. But I do have to interject and say that my mom actually did think I was perfect. And the reason she told me that is because she didn't want me to focus on the woe is me mentality. That was really her main point. That's funny. But for me, I do do focus on what I could do better because I would like to. I'm, I'm interested in a partnership. I don't need anything to go one way. Exactly. Exactly. And you want to, you want to be the best person that you also can be for this, for this relationship. So, I mean, he doesn't sound like a bad guy. He's not a bad guy, but when my kids ask me, they're like, oh, so they, they understand they don't love Poppy anymore. That's clear. But they say, so are you, are you and Poppy friends? They used to ask me that. And I'd say, no, I said, not really, because I hang out with my friends. So listen, I think he's a nice man. <laughs> That's where we left yeah. it. <laughs> right, right. That's funny. Um, you haven't had to do like sporting events and things like that, you know, like any sort of stuff together. Like they're not in band. They have to go to concerts or they're not, you know, that sort of stuff. There isn't really nope. situations until they get married and, you know, all that stuff that you have to like be together for something. Everybody does divorce differently, I feel like, but that, no, we've, we, we do week on week off for life. And if somebody wants a holiday, they have to negotiate it. We're both realtors. We both know how to negotiate. So you negotiate. And in the beginning, (laughs) I remember, oh, yeah, yeah. When he would ask me something, um, and then I would ask him for a favor back. He would say, let me think about it. It used to drive me nuts. So from now, (laughs) so I always tell people who are just getting divorced, I say, don't accept any favor unless you can think of something you want back right exactly so you say okay yeah I'll watch them this weekend but can you watch them when i go on vacation blah 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 and if you can't think of something at that moment then maybe you need a little chart and say remember i did this for you there's a little <laughs> check mark here that means that i'm still owed something because i don't do anything yeah. for free so i i feel you on that because my my ex used to be that way um he would always ask me to switch because he was, you know, really enjoying his freedom, his life. And we did, you know, every other weekend and one night a week. And, um, what, what, what I remember it really drove me nuts once was that we would always do every other weekend, one night a week in the summer. Technically he's supposed to get him for a month, but he never did because he never had time for him. And since we lived in the same oh town, I'm like, you don't, it's silly. I will keep him. You don't need to take him for the summer for him to go, you know, down the road. I don't know, 20 minutes down the road. It doesn't make sense. I'll keep him and you could keep seeing him because otherwise he would have like left him at home because he had no thing to do with him. And I had the time to keep him. Anyway, I remember that we did this for years. But then when he got his teenage years, he was um, giving me a lot of trouble. And um, I asked him to take him for a couple of weeks because he was just too much. And he's like, sure. But then he wanted to deduct some child support because he was going to have him for those two weeks. And I'm like, wait a minute. minute. I have kept him all of your summers for the last five years, which was included in how they break down child support and whatever. And unless you can take the room that he lives in with you for those two weeks and you can make sure that the my rent doesn't you know, goes down because he's not sleeping in that bed for the two weeks, then no. It was one of those mind-blowing things that's like, why would you Been there. think that? <laughs> right? So. Been there during COVID. Oh, yeah, yeah. During COVID, I had the kids for nine months okay. straight. 
And because I was very strict about COVID and he was dating, the woman he was dating had two kids that went back to school and my mother was sick with cancer. So okay. I did not want a chance. We did not want it. We already had one big C. We did not want the other one appearing, Absolutely. rearing its ugly head. So he would do twice a week. He did six, six feet apart walks with his kids. He didn't hug them for nine months. I mean, it was really, oh my gosh, it was yeah. tough. But that was in the thick of things. We didn't know what it right. was all about at that yeah. time. There was scary stuff going on, so I don't blame you. Exactly. There was scary stuff going on. So um, I kept them for nine months. Yeah, but I didn't I didn't get any support from him. Really? He didn't. Did he feel like, well, since you're going to keep them, then I don't have to pay? Or I think in the beginning, actually, in the in the end, maybe I did, but it was really minimal. Because it's but actually I was like, the whatever. opposite. It's actually the opposite. Because you keep them. That's when he should be paying because he's not having to, he's not having to, to shell anything out, but. Well, he goes, well, I'm doing, he was, well, he does have an, a unique logic to him. So he said, well, I'm doing this as a favor to you because your mom is sick. <laughs> so he's not always the most rational person. Right. However, to give him some credit where credit is due mm -hmm. and I, I'm a fair person. Sure. During the three months right before my mother passed away and right after, I was not in good shape. It was, you know, my kids were very close to my mom. They would see her all the time. She was like, I don't think it's good for them to see me anymore. Mm. So he did keep them for three months straight. Wow. Okay. And again, more credit where credit is due. His new wife is totally awesome. She had been with him, I don't know, like six months at this point when this whole bomb was dropped on her and she didn't have kids. She doesn't have kids of her own. Oh wait, now she has two kids, but she didn't have biological kids of her own. So she went on a FaceTime call with me and she said, thank you so much for sharing your boys with me. I love them so much already. I will never forget that. That was like really, really sweet of her. That's great. Yeah. That, you know, it's so important to, to know that the person that you're, ex chooses cares for your kids because you do hear horror stories. So when there's someone that's willing to open their arms to your child too, that you, you really can't ask for anything else. And I agree. I'm not of the, I, I say this now, right. With my son, um, I would, it, I would have been perfectly fine had his dad met somebody that took care of him and he did have girlfriends and they were, they were nice to him. They didn't hang out that much, but none of them treated him poorly. Right. So yeah, the, that I appreciate that in the girlfriend side. Wait, I've got to tell you a funny story. This reminds me. So this was not his wife, but this was his girlfriend that he dated for five years after we were divorced. So about, I don't know, maybe within the first year of us being divorced, my little one gets on FaceTime and he goes, mommy, guess what? You're cutie number two. And I uh... said, oh, Alejandro, that is so sweet. His cutie number one. <laughs> Melissa. And I'm like, oh, I said, that is nice. But mommy's always cutie number one and everybody else is cutie number two. Okay. He goes, mommy and Melissa. I said, no, 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 no. We were at this for 20 minutes before he finally agreed. Mama was cutie number one. <laughs> but I have since become friends with his ex-girlfriend right. and we have laughed over the story. She didn't know That's about it. But oh, that's cute. <laughs> you have to have a sense of humor. I think that's first and foremost, that whatever pain you have in life, whether it be, I mean, this is a loss. I've had two major losses in my life, my mom and my divorce. Right. It doesn't matter that it was initiated by me. It was a major loss in life. So I think you have to have a sense of humor, maybe not so much about a parent dying, but 
you know, about divorce, things will move on, things will get better with any loss, things, things eventually, they do get better. They're different, but they're better. I mean, they're, they're different, but they get better, is what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I get you, you know, you're, you're always going to feel what's missing, but it doesn't have to prevent you from being able to continue to live your life and, and, um, have hope for the future, you know, in any of those situations. So, Okay, let's yeah. talk about um, chapter four, which was, it's over, now what? But you were like, you had three months of, it's over, now what? Now I'm buffing my ass and getting this divorce done. So you you took care of that part super quick. <laughs> so. It would have been faster, except it was over the holidays and the judges weren't available. <laughs> I can't even make this shit up. It was fast. <laughs> That's good. And and he didn't fight you on the real estate, the house, and all, uh, child, child custody, all that, you guys you know, how did that work? Oh, well, he wanted it to be 50, 50 with the child custody. Cause he did not want to pay. Um, so with the house and the stuff inside the house, I have a really funny story. At one point he was negotiating hard with the furniture and everything. And I had to pay him, you know, a lot of mola to keep the house. So my dad was like, listen, you can't leave her with no money, no furniture. Like your kids are going to still live there. Hello. Right. So, the joke that we have is that when he was making the list of furniture, he put, are you ready for this drum roll, a panini maker. <laughs> so my ex and I still laugh about this to this day. And one panini maker. <laughs> and he, he does, I don't know if he still has it. Maybe I should ask oh him. Oh, my God. He got it. <laughs> He got the panini maker in the divorce. Okay. Well, you know, maybe that made him feel like he won. Okay, go ahead. We'll just go to Walmart and get one for nine ninety nine, and we're all good. <laughs> for real. So That's as far funny. as the house goes, I find that some people want to keep the house. Some people can't keep the house, and it must sort of sell. But for the people that have the option, some people feel better staying in the house. Some people want to create new memories in a different house. Right. For me, it felt like it was a way to keep something stable in a world around me that had suddenly become very unstable. Right. So right. that's why I wanted to, but I did only keep it one year before I was like, bam, this is expensive between new roof, new septic tank, new AC. I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, no. this has got you. to go. This has Tell got me, to go. <laughs> I didn't ask this earlier, but how old were your, your sons during the divorce during, yeah. When you were getting divorced. They were pretty little. So my little one probably doesn't have, many memories of us being married he was I think they were three and six if I recall and I feel like all around my ex and I did a really pretty decent job of getting divorced as far as it goes I still remember like it was yesterday us sitting around the kitchen table and we said the little one barely understood what we were talking about but we talked to him as if he was an adult and understood and we said we're getting divorced we love you both very much but we're not in love with each other and everything's going to stay the same. You're going to spend some time with mommy, some time with daddy. He's going to get his own house. We kind of explained it briefly, like a five, 10 minute explanation. And then at the end, we said, you guys want to get ice cream now? And we all went and got ice cream. And then at for the, with the first six months or so after getting divorced, I would do questions at night. So I would sleep either in the top bunk or the bottom bunk for a little bit with one of the boys. And I would say, what questions do you have? And their questions frequently were about the divorce. And I was very honest with them, as honest as possible. Sure. Many times they wanted to know the reason why. Right. And I would just 
stick to reasons like we were just very different and we enjoy different things. And I, I don't recall exactly, but I made them comfortable talking about it. Well, that's good. And the reason I asked that is because my son was eight when we when, when we separated and I just think about the house thing because I loved my house, but I didn't have a job and I wasn't going to be able to pay for it on my own. And I, uh, you know, you know, you listen to my podcast, that house comes yeah, up a hundred times. It's one of my, I, I, that's like one of the, my biggest regrets was w- walking away from that house. I loved that house. But, that is um, so funny. I was not that attached to my house. No. It wasn't my forever house anyway. So mine could have been okay. actually, that's not true. I hate the neighborhood that it's in now because it's a college town now and all it is is full of college kids. Even my house now has like, you know, seven or ten college kids living in there. So I probably maybe wouldn't have stayed. But I feel the way I got out of the house and did all that was not right. But I was talking about the house just the other day to my son, uh, you know, because he always brings up that house, my, my mom's house that we no longer have. And he's always talking about that house. And I bring up the other one because it's like a big, bigger loss to me. Like I missed that one more. And he goes, I don't even, I don't even remember that house. And I'm like, wow, because I, I loved it so much. And he's like, I couldn't even, I don't have real memories of that house. So that's um, funny. You know, that was, I found that to be kind of interesting because he was, he was eight, but he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't have much memories of his relation of, a life with, you know, his parents together, married. He doesn't have any of that. So I have pictures. That's, a, that's that's what you would see is, you know, photos to see that, hey, we did stuff and, you know, we were a unit. But besides that, memories, not so many. So that was interesting. One memory that my older son has, which I still remember clear as a bell, is when uh, my ex and I used to each hold him by hand and we would kind of spin him. You know, we would we would spin him a little bit from our hands, and he would say "Mama, Papa, Mama, Papa, Mama, Papa." He was little. I don't know why that sticks out. So, you know, that I think that's another important thing, is that you keep nice memories and you still appreciate the good that came out of the marriage above and beyond the kids. Sometimes it's that's the easiest part to focus on, which is like, well, my kids wouldn't exist if I wasn't married. But beyond that. I still think that my wedding day was one of the happiest days of my life. That still sticks. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was an awesome day. Having all those friends from all the walks of life all together in one room, and they're all staring at you. It's all about you, exactly. <laughs> that was pretty cool. And my parents did an amazing job. And, you know, he were, I was in front of the guy that I was in love with, and it was really cool. I, I still keep it as a great memory. And you have fo- do you have photos and all that kind yeah. of stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah. would never throw that. I love it. I look beautiful. I loved my dress. You know, I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to get rid of this. Maybe one day my son will want it. And if not, I will still like to look back at memories. You know, it doesn't totally. upset me to see it. So I, 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 I see you. I feel you on that one. Yep. So let's talk about the last chapter, chapter five, Divorced and Beyond. You got divorced quick. What has your beyond been? And what did you envision your beyond to be? And how do you feel your beyond has been so far? Oh, how long have you been officially divorced? I don't know. At this point, I'm not sure. But I think it's like seven and a half years. (laughs) I don't need an exact number. 2015. Yeah, I think it's about seven and a half years. Because I actually decided to do a full Ironman when I was getting divorced. Dang. Everybody, everybody has their crack that they do, you know, to, to help them get through it. Uh-huh. And for me, 
I was, I'm never, I've never been somebody interested in like any alcohol or drugs or anything like that. It was triathlon, apparently. <laughs> wow, good for you. <laughs> That's what got me through it. Oh, that is one thing I did before the divorce. Just a quick funny story is, you know, people try to, you know, throw all kinds of things in there before the the finances are separated. For me, it was all kinds of races. He didn't find out any of them because those races are expensive. I oh, do the really? Ironman in there, the half Ironman. I had all kinds of races totaling, That's I don't know, probably funny. a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> he didn't see them. He paid wow. for them. <laughs> Wow, that's great. I mean, I wish my motivation would have been something that included something to get me healthier and uh, lose some weight. But I probably was like, let me see which Dunkin' Donuts I can stop at next. No, but. (laughs) But I think I've evolved a lot in the past seven and a half years. Jesus, I've, I've evolved a lot even in the past two months. But since I've been divorced, because you ask you asked like how I've changed or what, what has happened in the beyond. And I feel like I had certain expectations. Like initially I remember clearly thinking, God, I've been alone for so long because I felt like I was kind of alone for the past two years. Right. That I deserve to meet somebody that's going to treat me like a queen, you know? And Mm. yes, yeah, I think everybody should meet somebody that treats them well, but to have all these expectations and 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 rules and guidelines and bullshit, you know, I think it's better just to be more relaxed about the whole thing. So in the past seven years that I've been divorced, I've had two serious relationships, okay. and neither one I met on online dating, <laughs> which I don't I don't believe in online dating. I believe it works for some people. For me, I don't think it works for me. I don't think it's a good idea for me. So the two guys that I met. Let me just ask real quick, what is online dating to you? Meeting online, continuing the relationship online, or what? what is online dating to you? Meeting someone? Just meeting them on an, on an online dating app. Yeah, I would not be interested in any relationship online. We need to meet in person, and the sooner the better, because I'm not into pen pals. <laughs> so, so the two serious relationships I had, I knew them both for four years before we ever had any relationship. And I met one at the gym and the other one through triathlon. And I also had a rule about that, which is I didn't want to introduce anybody I was dating to the kids unless I was with them for six months. So those two, they did end up meeting sooner because the thing is they met as my friend, like he was my friend. They were both my friends before anything romantic happened. Um, But they haven't met anybody else, nobody else. And there've been a lot of others. No, and you know what? Well, that that is well, how do I say? Great. There's no rule against the. There's no number. Whatever. The sky's the limit. But I will say the same thing. My son never met anyone that I dated ever until my current partner. So that was five years, and I dated. But my son, you know, you ask him now, and he's like, I never. I didn't think you dated. He actually. When I met my my partner now, he got annoyed how quickly we got together because he felt like I he was the first guy I got with after my marriage, even though it had been five years, because he never saw anybody else. But I was very firm on that. Nobody meets my son. Nobody needs to meet my son unless we are absolutely serious. And none of those people were serious. And so in all those years, I had it my every other weekend that he was with his dad so I could do whatever I wanted. And when I had him, it was just me and him. And he never knew. And I'm very proud of that. So good for you. Exactly. 
That's great. Well, that's not to say that they don't know that I'm dating. Oh, they sure. know all kinds of, they've heard all kinds of names and we laugh about it and we have fun with it. They talk about their crushes. And right. so I'm very, very open, but I just don't feel that I want them to get attached to anybody. That's the main reason why. I agree. You know, and I don't I care if they know mommy's going around meeting, you know, different dating sure. and everything else. In fact, right. that's probably a positive because that shows, you know, mommy's happy and having fun exactly. and meeting different people. Exactly. But I just don't want them to become attached or like anybody if they're not right. going to stick. Right. And that was kind of my situation. But I don't think I don't think that most of the people that I dated uh, lasted long enough for him and I to joke about them anyway. There was a lot of fly by night and, and oh, this might be something. And then next thing you know, I got ghosted. So uh, there wasn't really anybody serious enough that I was even, that it was even worth him have, knowing even their name. So that part also goes to That's there. funny. But, um, but I'm, I'm okay with that. That was the way things needed to be for me to find myself and feel good about myself. So, yeah. um, what I wanted to ask in closing is what would you say to other women out there that are dealing uh, with, you know, a, a marriage that they might feel stuck in maybe like where, where, where you were in your position um, and might have to make the hard choice. I mean, I come from the part of somebody made the choice for me. I was broken hearted right. by it, but there might, there are women out there that might be on the edge and don't know uh, are feeling okay. If they are the ones who need to take that step. What would you say to women out there that aren't sure and what, what, what would your advice be? Well, I would say first, you really do have to take a look at your finances and make sure that you know what's going on with that. Um, I don't think that I that my opinion is very popular, though. I would live in a studio with three other people if I had to, rather than be with somebody that could you know, present some lavish lifestyle for me if I didn't want to be with them. I'm all about the happiness factor, and I think happiness comes from within, not from the environment you're in. With that said, I would give yourself some time to think about it. Two weeks. But just know that you deserve two weeks. <laughs> two <laughs> weeks. You deserve to be truly happy, and it's best if your kids can see role models of two people that are truly happy. And let's say maybe you're suffering with some low self-esteem or something that comes along with being in a marriage that's not ideal, then how about you look at it this way? Maybe your partner deserves to be really happy too. You know, I truly believe that my ex deserved to be happy and clearly he wasn't happy with me. You know, I might have made the, I might have pulled the trigger, so to speak, but he didn't want to go out on date nights and my parents were here to babysit the kids. So he was not in it any more than I was. I was just the one brave enough to pull the trigger. I appreciate that. And I think that that makes sense because I do feel that my ex, even though I was extremely upset and unhappy and I didn't want it, but I know for a fact that he has been happier out of the marriage and he never married again. He never had any other kids. He does have a long-term, um, you know, partner now, but the fact of the matter was that, that the family unit thing was not his deal. And it was true. And when he got out of it, he didn't run into something else because the truth was it wasn't his thing. So this was my thing. And and that's what I wanted was the family unit. And if we're not going to, if we're not going to be, if it's not going to work for both of us, then it makes sense. Go do what's going to work best for you and allow me to have the opportunity, which I thank God have had, to have what is for me. But it takes a while to get there. You so, know what I have to say about that, uh-huh. though? 
Maybe the family unit wasn't for him. Maybe it is. But the dynamics that he had going on with you was not a good fit. Right. So I think it's 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 important for people out there just to accept that maybe it's just not a good match. And probably most people might say, well, the other person, like in, in this case, I hope I'm making sense, that my ex deserves to be happy because he's still the father of my kids. But I actually look at it from a bigger perspective in that he's a human being with just one life, just like the rest of us. And right. he deserves to be as happy as he possibly can. And we were we were very much a mismatch. Right. I'm a very I can be a very dominant personality, especially if I'm with somebody who's more submissive. And that just never works out well. And for whatever reason, I've gravitated a lot towards men like that. And I've only learned recently that maybe it's a different type of man that I need to be exploring or be open to different personality types that might be a better fit. (laughs) But everybody deserves to be happy. Everybody. I agree 100%. I definitely agree on that. So before we end, I did want to give you a moment to tell us a little more about your podcast so that people can check you out and take a listen. Thank you, Josie. Okay, so my podcast, as Josie mentioned, is called Unhinged Clarity, and I have a co-host. Her name is Trace. Trace is a real estate broker in Manhattan, and I'm a real estate broker in Miami. And the podcast is not about real estate, and that's the only thing we have in common. She's a former NYPD sergeant. I'm a former flight attendant, and she's way on one side of the spectrum with politics and everything you can imagine. I'm way on the other side. So we do this podcast to show you that you can have meaningful conversations with people that are very different than you about controversial topics and still remain friends. So that's Unhinged Clarity for ya. I love it. I love it. And I actually um, did an episode with you guys where she's been married forever and you and I are divorced. So it was a really cool um, opportunity to talk about those two spectrums. That was super fun. Yeah, that was a great, great episode. Yeah, I had a great time with that. And I will post it in the show notes so that you guys can definitely go check it out. Well, Barb, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. Ta-ta. That's going to be it for this episode. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can always find me on Instagram at heavy underscore pages underscore podcast. And if you found this episode interesting, please consider clicking on that five star rating and following so you are notified when the next episode drops. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, sometimes the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone.